Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, including how the world will end, <laughs> is Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. Nate, how does it end? Tell the fine folks. An energy does, crisis, I'm pretty sure. Does everything you do matter or nothing you do? You do you, nothing you does. Yeah, not even ain't the way nothing you, you does matter, man. Not even the way that you says words matters, man. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, it, no, nope. none of it matters. Nothing matters. It's all going to fall apart. We're all screwed. So that's might, the basic message of today's episode. Go out and say your last goodbye. It's not Wednesday, is it? No, no it's, it's Tuesday. We're good. Tuesday. Okay, yeah, yeah world's going to end. This is all going to be terrible. We are blackpilled tomorrow. Right now, tomorrow everything's going to be fine. Uh, it looks my, like the gifts aren't working. I see that. We've got a Discord outage today, and I heard Spotify was down as well. So uh, that's not good. They're trying to Must take us down. Must that particular AWS warehouse. Wherever that one is. <laughs> that's the one Russia attacked today. Yes. <laughs> it's probably the one that houses Joe Rogan. Maybe he was going to have someone that was anti-Russia mm. on his show today, and they went ahead and took that out. Yeah. There's my conspiracy theory. I'm full of conspiracy theories today. Nate is on them. I am. The whole world's coming crashing down. Be- aliens are going to appear, <laughs> and they're going to be they're Chinese aliens. This is all happening so perfectly. Like if you have a specific economic vision or a specific world plan, things could not be happening more perfectly for you right now. This is like a plan just sent down from on high. If you have a, an evil plan in one billion dollars, yes, then you can do it. Then you can do it. Anyway, so the the news today, which we'll be playing an excerpt from Joe Biden's speech that he gave today. The markets have been all over the place. I did get a little bit of NASDAQ today in my retirement because why the hell not? You know what? If it all tanks and it all falls apart, I'm not going to be worried about what's in my account at all. Mm-hmm. So I figured we might as well. They're hunting for food. Yeah. So who cares what your retirement account is when the entire world's economy shuts down? That's It's not going to matter. That money in there is not going to matter. So I did get some. Figured I might as well. Okay, so U.S. Now, I didn't hear him officially say this in the speech. We listened to the speech. But apparently the news is the, U, the U.S. is going to ban oil imports from Russia as the White House explores drastic plans to buffer economy from energy shock. Everything, shock. Yes. Had no idea. What a surprise. So we've got a lot of information in today's show, and we're going to have to figure out what the actual F are we going to do to get out of this thing? Because we're going in some weird directions right now, like talking to potentially talking to Saudi Arabia, Iran, uh, Venezuela, all this stuff. So we can regain our moral authority by punishing Russia. We're going to switch to some of these other countries because they're just way better than what Russia is. Definitely. Yeah, definitely Venezuela. Yeah, way better. Okay, so the United States will ban imports of oil and natural gas from Russia, President Biden announced Tuesday. Like I said, I didn't hear that officially in the speech, but I I've seen either. it all over the place. The move represents one of America's most far-reaching actions to penalize Moscow since the beginning of its invasion in the Ukraine. It would carry enormous geopolitical consequences as the price of oil has already skyrocketed since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, creating huge new costs for businesses and consumers. Europe which is far more dependent on Russian energy than the United States, announced Tuesday a plan to cut gas imports from Russia by two-thirds this year. Collectively, 
The measures from both the U.S. and Europe will deprive Russian President Vladimir Putin of one of his government's chief sources of revenue, but also risk a shock to the global economic system that could severely damage numerous domestic economies. Russian oil accounted for about a quarter of the European Union's oil imports, but just 3% of the United States imports. Now, is it possible that this was Putin's plan the whole time? <laughs> like, you want to get into this already? <laughs> well, okay. Let, let me take you back to Afghanistan. Okay. okay? When it comes to uh, things that... <laughs> Joe Bizzle said, too bad North Korea doesn't have oil. <laughs> right. Then we'd be able to just start buying from them. we just have Trump strike up a deal with <laughs> Kim Jong-un. But... The, the whole plan with 9-11 and Afghanistan, really, and Osama bin Laden said this, was that it wasn't about winning a war against the United States. It was about doing what they did to Russia, which is dragging them into a war that they can't win and, and you know make the country go bankrupt. Mm -hmm. and so he, perhaps uh, is Putin taking a playbook? I mean, think about this. He's former head of or former KGB the guy's not dumb. Somebody was saying that perhaps he, he looks and w is walking like he might have some brain tumor. Who knows? All kinds of conspiracies. Could just be getting old. There. Who knows? Could be getting old. Um, <clears throat> it, he could have a brain tumor. I have no idea. I haven't seen inside his head. We'll have to see the MRI. I don't even know what brain tumors that. look like. Yeah. Honestly. I couldn't distinguish a brain tumor from but a from a hemisphere. It could be possible that maybe this is was the plan all along, considering Europe is you know relies heavily on Russia for their energy sources and knowing that, you know, the United States, considering how anti Russia they are over the last couple years with Trump being a Russian shill, uh, pretty much Trump was born inside the Kremlin. I think, yeah. according to, uh, the American media. And so they had this Russian witch hunt with Trump and all this stuff. And it could be, maybe this is one of the chess pieces. I think it's worth questioning that you know how much damage is it worth doing to ourselves to you know stop buying russian oil and the point that we've made which is like okay we're going to buy oil from where saudi arabia venezuela all these other countries that have a way higher moral compass than russia does again that doesn't mean that i'm not against russian invading ukraine because i am i'm against war i'm against death i don't like it mm -hmm. i don't like american deaths or Ukrainian deaths, or Russian deaths, Venezuelan deaths. I don't like any of them. Mm. I noticed he didn't name Africa. Africa's death. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, the I um, miss the rains. the The issue here is, which we'll get into here in a minute. If Russia can still sell its oil, if someone will still buy Russia's oil, then all this is going to do is help them. That's that's it, because the prices are going to be double or triple what they were, and if they can still get a buyer for their oil, <clears throat> China, someone like that, China, then it's not going to do anything that hurt them. China. It's going to hurt all, it's going to hurt our economy, the European Union, and guess what? Russia and China are going to be just fine. They're going to be just fine, mm -hmm. which makes you start thinking when you, you just put on, you put on your thinking cap there for a minute. Was this the plan all along? Mm. Hmm. And we'll we'll allude to that just a little bit more. You know, let's hear what let's hear what the fearless leader said today. What uh, what President Joseph R. Biden had to say about this. We got a got a few minutes here, so we'll listen to what he had to say. And here we go. Putin's war is already hurting American families at the gas pump. Since Putin began his military buildup on Ukrainian borders, just since then, the price of the gas at the pump in America went up seventy five cents. 
And with this action, it's going to go up further. I'm going to do everything I can to minimize Putin's price hike here at home. In coordination with our partners, we've already announced that we're releasing 60 million barrels of oil from our joint oil reserves. Half of that, 30 billion, million, excuse me, is coming from the United States. And we're taking steps to ensure the reliable supply of global energy. We're also going to keep working with every tool at our disposal to protect American families and businesses. Now, let, me, let me say this. To the oil and gas companies and to the finance firms that back them, we understand Putin's war against the people of Ukraine is causing prices to rise. We get that. That's self-evident. But I, I just... The Putin's, Putin's prices. The phrasing here is beautiful. Mm. We get that none of this is our fault. We understand that. Okay, we get it. You're right. <laughs> well, no one's saying that yeah. at all. No, we understand it's it's not our fault. Okay, we understand that this is all completely Putin mm. and no one else whatsoever. Definitely not us. It's not our fault. Maybe Trump, but it's not our fault at Putin's all. Putin's game, Putin's war, Putin's you prices. Know, you can stop saying that, oil and gas companies. We already know. You don't mm. even have to say it. In fact... I'm going to absolve you of the responsibility of ever saying that it's our fault. And we'll just all agree that it's not our fault. How about that? Mm. <laughs> That's a great strategy. It is. I love it. Play. But, but, but. It's no excuse to exercise excessive price increases or padding profits or any kind of effort to exploit this situation or, Amer or American uh, consumers. Exploit them. Russia's aggression is costing us all, and it's no time for profiteering or price gouging. I want to be clear about what we'll not tolerate, but I also want to acknowledge those firms and oil and gas industries that are pulling out of Russia and joining other businesses that are leading by example. This is a time when we have to do our part and make sure we're not taking, we're not taking advantage. Look, let me be clear about uh, two other points. First. It's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. He mm. said it. It's simply not true. You don't simply have to worry about it. Simply not true. Yeah. If you just say something, then it becomes mm. true or not true. It doesn't really matter what the policies are. He said it. Now, we're going to go through some stuff here in a little bit, uh, here in a minute, to talk about whether or not it is true or not that the U.S. policies on oil and gas production are holding back any form of production. We have been producing more than we were, say, 10 years ago. It's more. And I've got receipts that I'm going to be showing to everyone here in a little bit. I've got the receipts on it. But we do still have some burdensome regulations on people, for sure. And we have an overall climate of uh, we're going to completely stop any type of oil usage here in the next 10 or 20 years. So why would you invest? in this no that cap. would be that would that would be a terrible investment I do, I, you bring up a good point i have to wonder where is the green new deal in all of this oh it's coming i just you know I, that's why i'm most afraid of mm -hmm. is delaying the green new deal because we've only got about you know what is it 10 years left yeah need to need to get aoc on the show to see what it is but you know i also love how he says let me be clear so mm -hmm. many times. You got to be clear. Yeah. That's how you know that what he's saying is true. Let it's me because be clear. he's being very clear about it. All right, let's see what else he has. Even amid the pandemic, companies in the United States pumped more oil during my first year in office than they did during my predecessor's first year. 
Okay, let me be clear. What? Let me be clear about what he just said. He's doing a really great job because we pumped more oil in, her, in his first year in office than they did during Trump's first year in office. And that's totally a result of Biden's pro-oil and gas policies Yeah, right there. It has nothing to do that Trump was taking over for Obama. And Biden. And Biden, Obama-Biden. And his first year, they were trying to ramp things up. And Biden was taking over coming from Trump when things were ramped up. And so the first year of his production is more than the first year of Trump's production. This is this is the most annoying thing in this entire... I hate it when people do this. I hate it. I can't stand it when people do this. Well, at least COVID disappeared. Yeah. Oh, under, that's true. Under his watch. He told you he would end it. <laughs> at this point, I would take COVID. He said, he said right. that he would end COVID. <laughs> we're approaching a record levels of oil and gas production in the United States, and we're on track to set a record of oil production next year. The record levels would be us surpassing February 2020's levels, by the way, uh, okay. just so you know, because that's when the record levels were. In the United States, 90% of onshore oil production takes place on land that isn't owned by the federal government. And of the remaining 10% that occurs on federal land, the oil and gas industry has millions of acres leased. They have 9,000 permits to drill now. They could be drilling right now, yesterday, last week, last year. They have 9,000 to drill onshore that are already approved. So let me be clear. Let me be clear. They are not using them for production now. That's their decision. These are the facts. We we'll talk about this here in a minute, by the way. I know as you hear this 9,000 thing for as a long second, as you're, clear. you're like, hmm, they have all these leases and they're not using them. What's up with that? And it's their decision to do this. Don't worry. We brought the receipts on all that stuff, too. You should be honest about the facts. Second, this crisis is a stark reminder to protect our economy over the long term. We need to become energy independent. I've had numerous conversations over the last three months with our European friends of how they have to be wean themselves off of Russian oil. It's just not it's just not tenable. It should motivate us to accelerate the transition to clean energy. This is a perspective that our European allies share and the future where together we can achieve greater independence. Loosening environmental regulations or pulling back clean energy investment won't, let me expand, won't, will not lower energy prices for families. But transforming our economy to run on electric vehicles powered by clean energy with tax credits to help American families winterize their homes and use less energy, that will, that will help. <laughs> oh my god reducing regulations won't help in this it's a really good thing i'm not wearing my apple watch <laughs> that thing would be going off right now what's like your crazy. heart rate at you know my heart rate's okay it's my blood pressure it's like my vision's getting blurry mm. listening to this so let's recap what he just said what what was he saying reducing environmental regulations re re regulations mm. also is what they call them in america and um, overall regulations on the oil and gas, that will not help energy prices. But what will is tax credits for clean <laughs> energy and for, for GM to make electric. Oh, God. That's what will help. I'm going to tip over the freaking table, man. Tax credits for GM's electric cars. Okay. And he was clear about it. He, he said, <laughs> you know, I feel... 
Okay, let's just go. And if we can, it will mean that no one has to worry about the price of gas pump in the future. That'll mean tyrants like Putin won't be able to use fossil fuels as weapons against other nations. And it will make America a world leader, manufacturing and exporting clean energy technologies of the future to countries all around the world. This is the goal we should be racing toward. Over the last two weeks, in the midst Ukrainian of an people have inspired the world. Yep. And I mean that in a literal sense. They've inspired the world with their bravery, their patriotism, their defiant determination to live free. Putin, it's Putin's war. Putin's prices. Putin's doing all this. Okay. All right, let's go. It's okay. It's okay. We can go through it. We can make it through this, everyone. Mm -hmm. It's going to be fine. As long as we transition to clean energy right now, immediately. We don't need to do anything to help the burden on what we're paying right now. We need to use this crisis as a way to force everyone into using clean energy, except for nuclear. Because... I watched Chernobyl and that was scary. Because heaven forbid. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the next thing, I just wanted to go over a couple charts here. This is the oil production of the U.S. This is where we're at right now. We had a massive drop off right here at the pandemic. Everyone's shutting down. Everyone's saving their money. None of the workers can go to work, stuff like that. Big drop off and it has increased since uh, we reopened the economy. Not up to where it was just before that happened. And it was the case that Biden's production over his first year was more than Trump's production over his first year. But of course, Trump was taking over for Obama, but I don't think that matters. Gas prices are getting ridiculous right now. I do want to stress one thing. When we're comparing gas prices, and maybe people don't want to hear this, when we are talking about the spike in gas prices, it is not a good argument to pull that number from a time when the economy was shut down and people were not driving around anywhere mm -hmm. at all. Okay. If we're going to compare them. Can't it, do it from the bottom of the stock market. Yes. To now. It's just like from the bottom of the stock market. And right when, uh, when Biden was coming into office, the economies were reopening stuff like that. So yes, Gas prices did get really, really cheap during the pandemic, and that's because no one was traveling anywhere, all right? Yes, they were heading down before that. It is the case, but it is if you're going to make an argument about gas prices going up, let's pull from 2019, or let's pull from right before the pandemic, mm -hmm. something like that. And in that case, gas prices are still up a lot, <laughs> just so... Just so everyone knows, at that point, it would be around 250 a gallon average, something like that. And now we're, we'd be pushing $4, you know, or maybe just looked, a little bit over that. Yesterday, I filled okay. up for like 374 I think. It's it's 399 at the gas station at the corner. No, right it's here. actually 410 when Is I was it, coming. It up. was 399 when I got here today. 410 <sighs> I was like, whoa. I need to go. We can start buying up gas. It's a big jump. Just buy a Tesla, dude. You'll save a lot of money. Yeah. Just go buy a Especially Tesla. with the tax credits and everything. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Okay, Charlie, yeah. down... <laughs> the electric bill at your house isn't going to go up or, or anything. Down here, you will see API explains how Saki's 9,000 unused approved drilling permits is a red herring. We have a couple stories on this. And uh, the screenshot I have here was from Bloomberg, but then I ended up finding another article that had more stuff in it. So this anyway... This is from uh, CNS News. This so. podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Listen, 
Relationships take work. We all know that. And we all know that we would drop everything to go help someone that we care about. Just think someone in your family or one of your friends is going through a tough time. You do anything to help them. But how often do you give yourself the same treatment? This month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to take care of your most important relationship, the one you have with yourself. Whether it's hitting the gym, making time for that haircut, or even trying therapy, you are your greatest asset. So invest the time and effort into yourself like you do for other people. Now, Charlie has been using BetterHelp for quite a long time. He has really enjoyed it. I've used it as well. And let me tell you, some of the most important moments of my life happened when I was talking to someone about what was going on. I still remember the things that I was told to this day. Just imagine if you could get that same thing and how much it would help. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Good Morning Liberty listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com gml. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash gml. Last Thursday and again on Monday, Saki told reporters to ask oil companies why they're not using 9,000 approved oil drilling permits. A question API's Kevin O'Scallon, O'Scanlon. I have no idea. O'Scallahan. <laughs> Kevin O. In the Red Herring of Unused Leases, a blog on the organization's website. The law already requires companies to either produce oil and or gas on leases or return the leases to the government. The so-called use it or lose it provision generally in the first 10 years. So they are required by law, by the way, if they do have the lease to use it or lose it Mm -hmm. within 10 years. Yes. Okay. So they wait for year 10 to start using it so that they can. yeah. Yeah. When a company acquires a lease, it makes a significant financial investment at the beginning of the lease in the form of a non-refundable bonus bid and pays additional rent until, until and unless it begins producing. What's more, it can even be illegal to simply sit on excess federal land, leases O'Scallahan says. Quote, for federal onshore, the Mineral Leasing Act prevents any one company from locking up unproductive excess federal acreage. Then there's a long process of overcoming administrative and legal challenges at every step along the way. The lengthy process to develop them from a lease often is extended by administrative and legal challenges. Ultimately, energy policies affect the energy investment climate. Government policies can either discourage or encourage oil producers to take the risk of investing billions of dollars, plus considerable time and effort to find out whether or not the lands they lease are viable sources of oil. They don't even know if oil's there. Mm -hmm. Regulatory uncertainties and political hostility to fossil fuels discourage long-term investments. The Wall Street Journal agrees, explaining that President Biden's anti-domestic energy policies have made his the first administration in at least 20 years to go an entire year without selling a single onshore lease. Okay. There's literally no confidence from anybody in the market. So that's one part of the story. Continuing on this, 
from BizPack Review. White House keeps misleading public on oil gas leasing. Here are the facts. The White House has repeatedly suggested the private sector can boost oil supply amid surging gas prices, but industry groups have countered that with the administration has placed hurdles for new drilling. Now, this is counter to Biden's let me be clear. These are the facts. Yeah, but he said let me be clear, though. Mm -hmm. So that's weird. Well, Hmm. let us be clear. The unused drilling leases represent a fraction of the active permits, many of which are being used by the private sector to produce oil and gas daily. There are more than 37,496 active oil and gas leases nationwide, meaning that more than 75% are in use. In addition, it isn't guaranteed that all approved leases will yield output and installing rigs is a complicated and expensive endeavor. Leases also expire after a certain amount of time. Quote, not every lease contains oil and natural gas, nor does every non-producing lease represent untapped resource potential. So those leases don't even represent something that we could potentially get oil or gas from. Companies are in the business of finding and producing oil and gas and developing those leases. Quote, it takes several years of due diligence, sizable investment for a company to analyze the geology, perform the tech perform the technology and engineering assessments, and a law provides for that time and only that time, meaning that they could do all of that and then still not be able to use the land afterwards. So you got to put yourself in the mindset of someone who's going to make a massive investment mm-hmm. in, in getting oil out of the ground or gas. Um, Mikarola, which is someone that was that they were quoting earlier, said that the Biden administration is creating uncertainty in the marketplace by sending a signal the government will oppose further oil and gas drilling as part of its climate agenda. Quote, regulatory uncertainty has stifled further development, oftentimes, but the time period is stretched out by legal challenges. The Western Energy Alliance is actively defending more than 2,200 leases in court, the group said in its response. Most leases cannot be developed or explored while a case is litigated. So they can't. Yeah. God. Kathleen Sagama, the president of the Western Energy Alliance, uh, said, said regulatory uncertainty created by the administration has prevented aggressive drilling patterns. She also noted that oil drilling companies need multiple forms of government approval before drilling on a plot of land. Quote, even, even though Biden said that reducing regulatory burdens would not help in this yeah. case. It wouldn't matter, but also it's their fault for not drilling, yes. just so you know, mm-hmm. at the same time. Ask them. It wouldn't, it wouldn't help if we made it easier to drill, but also we have these problems because people aren't drilling. Mm. Quote, because of the uncertainty of operating on federal lands, companies must build up a sufficient inventory of permits before rigs can be contracted to ensure the permits stay ahead of the rigs. We drill wells in a matter of days and rigs are very expensive, so it's a delicate balancing act. The federal permit to drill is not the only government approval required. Rights of way must be acquired to access the lease and for natural gas gathering system, she said. ROWs can take years to acquire. With the pressure not to flare from regulators and investors, most companies cannot drill before the gathering lines are in place. Overall, there are 4,600 applications for permit to drill that are pending before the BLM. That's not Black Lives Matter. That's the Bureau of Land Management. The agency said in its most recent report, quote, the Biden administration is sending a signal to the marketplace now that the United States policy is to be closed for business as it applies to oil and natural gas. Mm. That doesn't sound important, though. That wouldn't do anything. You know what we need to do? We need to switch over to clean energy because these oil companies, they just won't 
They just won't do anything to help. They're just it price sounds gouging. like they're just bitching and moaning. Yeah. I mean, there's 9,000 leases. They could be drilling right now if they want to be. Jeff said they have to get a certificate of need as yeah, well. probably. C-O-L-M. Sounds like the same thing. Um, there's a, one, a, a little bit more from that article. from Those were articles inside of the main, the main story. So additionally, Biden has personally expressed support for recasting the administration's clean energy proposals as part of an attempt to move America away from its dependence on authoritarian petrostates. John Kerry has advocated internally for the administration to aggressively embrace the argument that its clean energy agenda represents a policy response to the Ukraine crisis. He has worked with other top officials behind the scenes in coordinating the effort for Europe to cut off Russian energy, an invaluable source of financial support for Putin. And also he told Putin not to forget about the greatest threat to our species, which is climate change that's what it is that's what people in ukraine are actually still most worried about you know mm-hmm. they're worried about climate change just to recap I mean, that, this war in ukraine <clears throat> has nothing on the climate catastrophe to, to come mm-hmm. john Kerry, the person who is trying to push this clean climate clean energy agenda is our our climate czar or whatever the heck his job is right now it's al gore the second is working with other top officials behind the scenes in coordinating the effort for Europe to cut off Russian energy and in essence, helping to spike fossil fuel prices even higher. Mm. Okay. Biden administration officials have simultaneously launched an effort to explore what the administration can do to get other authoritarian countries to ramp up their production of oil, including by relaxing sanctions on Venezuela to buffer the global economy from the blow. So they're going to remove sanctions from Venezuela (laughs) so that we can impose more sanctions on Russia. This is a, this is a, this is a clown, clown country, man. Ukraine are more important than brown people in Venezuela. That's what he's saying. That is what they're saying. That's what they're saying. Exactly what they're saying. My God, this is insane. I don't even understand how you can lay in bed at night. I mean, the guy is clearly not mentally well. That's probably how. So we're, we're going to, talk a lot about this throughout this episode here, but we got to figure some stuff out. By the way, this should be a really clear example that production drives economies, not consumption. Mm Because what we are suffering from right now and what we've been suffering from over the last couple of years is a lack of production. And that is why we are dealing with the issues we have right now. To solve the energy crisis, we have to solve production. That's what we have to do. And we'll go through a little bit more of this after Charlie reads here about uh, Venezuela. But it's not, it's, it's not immediately as if uh, we use, uh, so 3% of our oil comes from Russia, and we're going to replace that by allowing drilling to uh, take the place of that 3%, and then all the problems are gone. That doesn't solve, that, that actually doesn't solve the problem. And we'll get into that here in a minute. But this is a global market. And whatever the oil is, that even if it's produced here, it will be sold for what the market price is for that oil. So if it's not solved around the world, it doesn't matter specifically that we can get our oil here because if the global market prices are really high and those companies can sell their oil to other countries that want to pay more for it, then we either have to pay the same amount as they are, or we've got to have some, we got to nationalize the oil industries and force them to only sell to us. And we, and we take ourselves off the global oil market. Yeah. 
which which has its benefits, obviously, because right now it trades in dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's beneficial for us to participate in the global oil market. All right. So this is from the New York Times. U.S. officials travel to Venezuela, a Russia ally, as the West isolates Putin. It's it's worth whatever it takes, mm-hmm. folks, to get rid of to the, for this for this whole thing. You know when you're something doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, you're just like this doesn't really make much sense. Mm-hmm. And you just keep going. I'm, yeah, I feel what that right now. That? I don't know. I don't know either. It's uh, 2022, I think is what they call it. Senior U.S. officials are traveling to Venezuela on Saturday to meet with the government of President Nicolas Maduro as the Biden administration steps up efforts to separate Russia from its remaining international allies and amid a widening standoff over Ukraine. The trip is the highest level visit by Washington officials to Caracas, the Venezuela capital. In years, the United States broke off diplomatic relations with Mr. Maduro in 2019. The Trump administration then tried to topple Mr. Maduro's government by sanctioning Venezuela oil exports and the country's senior officials and by recognizing the opposition leader. Now, why is that? Why was that important enough that I put it in bold in the notes? Um, because we were sanctioning Venezuela for their atrocities in Ven- or Maduro and what they were doing to the Venezuela people. And what did they do? Switch to a nice democratic and uh, and market economy and everyone got freedom and everything after that? It didn't work. No, they switched to selling their oil to to Russia. Mm-hmm. That's that's what they did. Or buying, sorry, buying and selling with Russia. They, they just, okay, U.S., you're not going to buy from us. You're not going to sell to us, anything like that. You're going to sanction us. We'll just go to Russia. Mm-hmm. So why in an article talking about how we have to go to Venezuela so we can sanction Russia and punish them for what they're doing? Are we pointing out the fact that Venezuela is getting stuff from Russia? Russia is getting stuff from Venezuela because we sanctioned them and it didn't work. I'm going to throw my freaking computer across the room today. <laughs> I'm sorry. White Pill Wednesday can't come soon enough. Mm. Mr. Maduro responded to the sanctions by seeking economic and diplomatic help from Russia, as well as from Iran and China. So it worked. Oh, you see what's you see what's happening here, folks. When the U.S. and its allies began considering sanctions on Russian oil and gas exports this month to punish the country, prominent voices pointed to Venezuela as a potential substitute. Before the U.S. imposed sanctions, Venezuela sent most of its oil to the U.S. Gulf, Co- Gulf Coast. Where, uh, whose refineries were built specifically to process Venezuela's heavy grades of crude. If the United States curtails the imports of Russian oil, Venezuela would be able to replace some of the lost supplies. So, so I put in here uh, in a note, if you don't stop, here's, here's the deal. Russia can still produce oil and they can still sell it to people. And if, say, China... Just like Venezuela was able yes, to do over the last decade. They still did it. They still sold it even though we stopped. Now, did it hurt them some? Was it more expensive, of course, to ship it? Stuff like that, of course. Yes, they'd probably get a lower price, maybe what they would have. It still had bad things. Uh, It still had really negative effects on their economy overall. But if Russia continues to produce oil, and then, say, China and India still buy the same oil from Russia that they've been selling to everyone else, then not much really happens as far as oil. You just do the exact same thing that just happened with Venezuela. Okay. The only, if you wanted to punish them, you got to stop them from being able to produce any oil or gas. I'm not saying we should do that. I'm just saying they can simply just switch to a different country 
that isn't going to ban them. Europe like, isn't even going to ban them. They can't. They literally can't ban them. So we're just going to take the hit. They're just going to try to reduce by two thirds. Yeah. By the end of this year, somehow. Yeah. For gas, and they didn't even say for oil on probably that. by investing in climate change, clean green energy. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's great. So we can switch over to Venezuela, and I can't believe people are actually just listen. What's happening? Let me be clear. <laughs> what's happening between Russia and Ukraine? I don't like it. I don't like the fact that Ukraine was invaded. I would hope that they were going to win this war. Although, as we stated on the first day, if no one comes to physically help them, then they'll lose the war. That, that'll just be the way that it goes. I think, I think people are physically helping them not with boots on the ground, but by sending quite a bit of technology. Yeah, we're sending stuff over there. Definitely the United States and European weapons. Mm -hmm. I believe uh, they're getting uh, fighter jets. Yeah, leftover um from maybe the Saudi doesn't want to use anymore. Saudi just got their new ones that we sent over. So they're going to send some used ones over mm -hmm. to Ukraine, you know, sorry, just a little Yemen joke. We got to throw in there yeah. just in case. Um, it's nothing like joking about Yemen. Yeah. You know, just got to joke <laughs> around a little bit about that. Who knows? Okay. So there, there's got to be switching over to clean energy right now is not the answer. By the way, we don't even have all the minerals that it takes to make all of this stuff. We still have to get all the minerals from other countries around would, the world. It would be like drowning in a lake and you like you really need the life vest. Mm -hmm. But the plan all along was to drain the lake. Yeah. And you're like, well, we got to focus on draining the lake. If we spend time to throw you a life vest right now, what's well, taken away from our initiative of drain, you know, draining the lake. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's okay if you drown because the people coming behind you will just be able to walk over your body. I like it. I mean, that's essentially what's happening. I, um, I, they, they're stepping on my head while I'm drowning. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. We're in the trenches taking grenades, even though we're not in Ukraine. I just watched that last night. It was good. It's still good. It's still a good movie. Wedding Great Crasher is still a good movie. Um, I and don't we'll look back and say we're just young and dumb. <laughs> I don't understand switching to Venezuela. I tweeted earlier, what moral benefit do we as Americans... Oh, listen, all we're looking for right now is some kind of moral win for us. Like, oh, we feel good. I got one for you. We switched away from Russia, and we're, that's going to help Ukraine. And now we feel good about ourselves because we're such good people. We're going to take it in the, We're going to take a punch in the face and, uh, and have higher prices for stuff because we care about Ukraine so much. One of the pros could be Venezuelans gaining some weight back. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I guess that's it. Because I, I think, what was it, 60, that uh, Venezuela needs oil to be $65 or over per barrel. Maybe they're main, the ones that did all this. To maintain yeah. their expenditure. This is all a plan by Venezuela. Mm. That's what it was. Venezuela and John Kerry, they're the ones working together on this. Okay. What is, Let's see. What you is just all this, read about Venezuela. Yeah, what does all this accomplish, Nate? Yeah. So let's go through a little bit of that. What does all of this accomplish? All right. This and, and this is saying what will happen with the U.S. ban on Russian oil. Now we know there is a U.S. ban on Russian oil. Yeah, yeah. So the so the white what happened was the White House was getting flack because they were still buying like what six hundred thousand barrels a day from Russia. Um, it was a hundred thousand. A hundred thousand. So they're yeah. still catching flack for that. Now they're coming out to save face and be like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna ban it," and so. 
Lots of great things coming, folks. And basically that's because the political winds shifted to the point where that enough of the people in the U.S., it seems like we're okay with them doing that. They don't care, okay? Except for that it furthers their climate policy goals. So that's okay, but you got to make sure that it's popular enough in the U.S. to make this switch because you can't just decide to do it when the majority of the population in the U.S. doesn't want to make this switch and they don't want to have the higher prices. Uh, so you got to make sure it's popular enough. And so once enough people were out there pushing for it, then they end up having the way between, okay, we're going to look like the bad guy. If we don't do anything, this is the only thing left that we can really do short of uh, just going to war with them. Um, or we can actually do this. We might look bad because gas prices are going up, but actually that's Putin's fault. We can just blame that all on Putin. And we can present solutions to make sure no one has to deal with this. If it wouldn't have been for all those anti-science nut jobs denying denying science and climate, mm. all that stuff, then we would have already had this. But don't worry, I'm going to solve the problem for everyone. So it creates a new problem that you can solve and you can shift the blame for that problem onto other people. It's, it's, it's amazing, actually. Brings a tear to my eye just how brilliant this is, you know? <laughs> yeah. The United States imports about 100,000 barrels a day from Russia, only about 5% of Russia's crude oil exports. So that's really just going to kill them, them losing 5% of their exports while the prices doubled. I'm going to say that again. 5% of their exports while the price has doubled. Really going to hurt them a lot, everyone. Great job. So the price has gone up 100% <laughs> on, and they're going to lose out That's on right. Maybe 5%. Like seven, maybe like 60, 70%, something mm -hmm. like that. It's going to double, though. Yeah. From, from, right, yeah, I could pull from a point some that it's doubled from. Some people are saying from. 300 a barrel. I know. I saw some coming. of that earlier. Okay, so this is really going to get them for sure. Y'all think gas is expensive now. <laughs> Last year, roughly 8% of U.S. imports of oil and petroleum products came from Russia. The U.S. could replace Russian crew with imports from Saudi Arabia and UAE. For its part, Russia might find alternative buyers for that fuel, perhaps in China or India. Such a step would introduce massive inefficiency in the market, which escalates prices, said this person who's the senior vice president of analysis at Reistad Energy. How could a Russian oil ban affect prices? A month ago, oil was selling for 90 a barrel. Now prices are surging past 120. It hit 139 the other day as people shun crude, with many refiners fearing that sanctions could be imposed in the future. Energy analysts warn that prices could Which, go up Which, by the way, high. we know that they are now. Yeah. That they actually are banning them. Could go to 160 or even 200 a barrel for crude oil if oil sanctions are imposed by the West or if buyers continue shunning Russian crude. Oil prices that high could send an average gallon of U.S. gas past $5, a scenario that the Biden and other political figures are desperate to avoid. So desperate, but there's no way to avoid it. It's not possible. Mm. Preliminary data from the U.S. Department of Energy. Energy Department shows imports of Russian crude dropped to zero in the last week in February. A ban on Russian oil and natural gas will be painful for Europe. Russia provides 40% of Europe's natural gas for home heating, electricity and industry uses, and about a quarter of Europe's oil. European officials are looking for ways to reduce their dependence, but it's going to take time. So At what least are we, the summer's coming up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything gets easier then. Right. For sure. Replacing the natural gas that Russia provides to Europe is likely impossible in the short term. Most of the natural gas Russia provides to Europe travels through pipelines. To replace it, Europe would mostly import liquefied natural gas. The continent doesn't have enough pipelines to distribute gas from coastal import facilities to farther reaches of the continent. So it's really just not even possible for them to do this right now. 
If only anyone like the former president would have warned them that they didn't want to be reliant on Russia for their energy, but they're about to go through a hard time. The problem is we have a global market. If we were actually going to, if we were actually going to affect the market, we not only have to produce enough oil to cover what we need, we have to introduce enough that will actually change the supplies of what people are buying in the market by a drastic amount to basically we need to produce what Russia is producing if we want to really fix these prices. If we just take care of what we need, it's not going to help all that much. Will it help some? Yeah, it will help a little bit. Uh, we'll be buying a little bit less from other people. But as long as we're in a global market for oil, then those companies will charge what they can get on the market for the oil. So it, unless you uh, nationalize the industries or make it to where whatever, they can only sell the U.S., which I basically nationalizing you could just allow them to own it but they can only sell it to us so fascism basically mm. is, is what you would do um it's not really going to affect all that much and that wouldn't even work okay and this just goes to show you that they don't really care about you by the way most of you yeah. listening to this they don't care about you because think about this the inflation prices going up all those sorts of things who does it actually hurt the most do you think millionaires are running around worried about gas going above $5 a gallon? I'm sure Bezos is worried about boat fuel right now. He just made that big yacht investment, you know? No, no, he's not. He doesn't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it costs a million dollars to fill up for Bezos. Fill it up. <laughs> We're going to Italy. You know what I mean? It, it, all this, this, this hurts poor people the most. They're the ones that have to spend the most money on the higher prices. Well, they have, they're the ones that have to spend a higher percentage of their income um, or or wealth on if your, they have any. Yeah, on your normal expenses. On normal things. Yeah. And so it further divides. It's going to make the income inequality, wealth inequality, all of that worse. Mm -hmm. We're just going to need the government. I, and, so, and so, but the administration is willing to do this at the expense of poor people to stick it to Putin. To help people in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. I want everyone to, at the risk of sounding like a crude SOB. Heavy want, crude. Heavy crude SOB. I want everyone to realize that we are doing this to help the people of Ukraine get back to the uh, freedom and liberty that they had a couple weeks ago. Which is probably way less freedom and liberty that we even have right here. Now... I want them to beat Russia. I want them to be their own country, for sure. But we're about to put billions of people through an economic catastrophe to try and save Ukraine, even though it's not going to save Ukraine at all. I want everyone to also realize that while you're, while you're feeling, while you're on your moral high horse, no one listening to us right now is probably on that moral high horse, that while you're thinking about that, this won't even save Ukraine. But we're going to do all of this under the guise of saving the people of Ukraine so they can get back to the free and fair, free market, libertarian government that they had just a couple weeks ago. Okay? And that's why we're going to do all this. Mm. All right. Up next from Money Crashers. Let's... um. You want to skip this one? Let's do that. You told me about that um, advertising. We can switch gears here for a second. The Are COVID you, thing. Is your heart not okay? Yeah, I think we've said Might everything that we can say about this. I have to go to the emergency room? Yeah. 
You want to, COVID still exists, by the way. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys know that or not. Depending, it doesn't matter what the price of a barrel of oil is. All right, COVID's still out there. And just want you guys to be safe. Make sure you're wearing your mask as you go to the fuel pump. I'm just kidding. Hmm. But COVID still exists, okay? And I found this interesting. Nate saw the same article. And I found this really interesting. So I wanted to know what everyone thinks about this. This is coming from The Blaze. Thanks, Glenn. What a nice guy. Yeah, always sending us stuff. Uh, The federal government paid hundreds of media companies to advertise the COVID-19 vaccines while those same outlets provided positive coverage of the vaccines. So in response to a freedom of information request filed by the blaze, the Department of Health and Human Services revealed that it purchased advertising from major news networks, including ABC, CBS and NBC, as well as uh, TV, cable TV stations, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, and legacy media, New York Post, Los Angeles Times, Washington Post, and a host and a bunch of digital media companies like BuzzFeed, Newsmax, and hundreds of local new newspapers and TV stations. These outlets were collectively responsible for publishing countless articles and video segments regarding the vaccine that were nearly uniformly positive about the vaccine in terms of both its efficacy and safety. Hundreds of news organizations were paid by federal government to advertise for the vaccines as part of a comprehensive media strategy. Now, is this much different than Russia telling (laughs) RT what they can and can't say? I mean, I guess I guess there's a little bit of difference. There's a, you know, there's money incentive. Yeah. They're, they're not telling them what to do, but Hey, if you do do this, we'll compensate you for it. If I mean, is that not the same thing as propaganda? You, your comparison would be wrong. If the government wasn't also trying to force people to use this product and forcing them out of their jobs and out of society for not using this product at the same time. If there would have been no coercion or force involved in policy decisions involved with the vaccines, then it would be different. But if you are at the same time trying to make it essentially illegal to work at your company without taking this product, yeah, that kind of makes it just pure propaganda. That's really all it is. Separation of church and state, by the way, Need to design this T-shirt. It's just- still propaganda. Sorry, Jeremy. It is. It is still my issue with the was with the comparison to Russia uh, and RT and stuff like that. Sorry, responding to a to a comment no, there. Fine. To to make it proper, we would have to be forcing people to use this product or something like that. In, in which case, uh, we were. I just need you to go ahead and create this T-shirt that I just okay. created in my mind, which is. Instead of church and state, separation of church and state, we need separation of media and state. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> like it needs now, to be. They said in here that it is separated. They got responses from these organizations, mm. and they said that their reporting is not connected to their advertising. Of course not. Yeah. There's no way it could be. Not at be. all. At all. So the Biden administration purchased ads on TV, radio, print, social media. They had influencers mm-hmm. out there. Same thing. Influencers were getting paid by the federal government. <laughs> 
Though virtually all these newsrooms produce stories covering the COVID-19 vaccines, the taxpayer dollars flowing to their companies were not disclosed to audiences and news reports since common practice dictates that editorial terms operate independently of media advertising departments and news teams felt no need to make the disclosure, although they will make you uh, put hashtag ad. You have to. Yeah, you have to. By yes. the way, if you're an influencer, if you're doing something else. In fact, I think this has been in court before. Uh, I think it has to do with Twitter posts and a Bacardi endorsement pot- potentially mm-hmm. from someone. Uh, I'll try and look for that. For some reason, Bacardi's sticking out in my head. I'm not finding anything on it right now. Maybe someone remembers what it was, but you are required on social media. You can get taken off. Um, you can get in, in trouble, I believe, with the with the law, with the FCC, stuff like that. If you are, in fact, advertising for someone and not disclosing that they paid you money to talk about their product. Mm-hmm. Just so happens that this person's product happened to be in the news as well. So the news talking about the product had nothing to do with the money that was coming in. Congress appropriated a billion dollars in physical fiscal year 2021 for the Secretary of Health to spend on activities to, quote, Strengthen vaccine confidence in the United States. Now, isn't that impressive? A disease so deadly that we had to spend a billion dollars mandating and coercing people and convincing them that they needed this thing. You know what a strengthen vaccine confidence for me? Is it working yeah. really well? Like it's stopping people from getting it. That would have made me super confident about mm. it for sure. Yeah. Or like being worried in the first place. Might as well inject water. <laughs> Fear-based vaccine ads from HHS featuring survivor stories from coronavirus patients who were hospitalized in intensive care units were covered by CNN and discussed on ABC's The View when they were unveiled last October. Though the federal government was paying each of these companies and others for pro-vaccine advertising, while news reports covered the same vaccines, many editorial boards say they have firewall policies that prevent advertisers from influencing news coverage. Fear-based vaccine ads from the government. Mm -hmm. Okay. Quote, advertisers pay for space to share their messages, as was the case here, and those ads are clearly labeled as such. The vice president of communications for the Washington Post in a statement. The newsroom is completely independent from the advertising department. Now, (laughs) does the person overseeing the newsroom or the advertising department, do they ever talk? They never tell you what to cover. Probably never. They don't direct Mm. the the content at all. I bet they don't even have each other's phone numbers. No, (laughs) no. Probably. A spokeswoman for the LA Times, Los Angeles Times, gave a similar statement. And see, this is like like creating hand-washing stations in the government. (laughs) Like the same thing. It's like newsroom, newsrooms operate independently from advertising. They're probably in separate buildings. If this was anything else, by the way, other than this vaccine, and someone had paid Fox News a bunch of money for advertising for something, and then Fox News was doing something, talking about whatever it was, I don't know, war, something like that, I have no idea what it would possibly be, then they would be all over them about it. Like if it were purely just say Fox News or Newsmax or whoever it was, or one of the other side, and it wasn't the COVID vaccine, they would clearly see the problems here and the potential for propaganda coming from the news being paid for by the government. Mm. It's essentially state-run media. Literally. It's a backdoor. Yeah. It's a backdoor. 
Now, these are private companies. I, the real problem here is taxation. No, the problem is that they had the money and they gave it to exactly. them in the first place. That is the that, problem. That is the issue. I don't. That's the actual problem. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that this that this shouldn't have light thrust upon it, <laughs> so that you guys are aware of how your government spends your hard-earned tax dollars, convincing you to take a vaccine against a disease so deadly to keep you safe. That's why they spend that, it. Mm-hmm. Don't you feel safer? So what? All you libertarians out there complaining about what taxes do for you, well, clearly they're there to tell you about how safe the government is keeping you. So mm. stop complaining and pay your damn taxes. April's coming up sooner. <laughs> pay your damn taxes. About a month away. That's what you got to do. All right. Okay. So let me make sure that we got through. Let's see. We talked about oil, global market. Uh, we've got to pay the market rate. We're going to have to double our supply or more, which is actually possible. And the fact that there is a little incentive for these companies to make big investments. And so we covered all that. I put notes to make sure that we discussed before we ended the show because uh, we're at almost an hour right now. Just wanted to make sure we went through that. When you're making this investment in a company, first off, and they're talking about how there's 9,000 leases available and they can end the leases whenever they want. They can tie you up in court. They can You can start and they can still stop you with other permits, you know, and you know that they want to eventually end all oil and gas exploration and usage in the United States. What is your incentive to put money into it and to invest long-term into something? I, I don't know what we'd have to, I think right now we would have to somehow fashion a 50 year contract with any oil and gas exploration uh, confirming to them, which you'd have to trust the US government and this, and that someone else wouldn't just take it away. But basically confirming to them, guaranteeing to those companies that they would be able to use that land, pump as much oil or gas as they wanted to, and sell it on the open market for 50 years. Because this 10-year thing, this few-year thing, that's not enough to even get the thing going. Nobody wants to invest in that. No, because they could just shut you down after you spend billions of dollars in, in all that. So anyway, that's ridiculous. And... And we threw in the COVID story because we haven't mentioned COVID in a while, you know? And it's still alive and well. We don't forget about COVID. We don't even know what variant's going on right now. (laughs) The Putin variant's going around right now. (laughs) That's what we're all dealing with. Yeah. I'm just, listen, I said this. infected with the Putin variant. I said this in the trading class earlier that I was going to mention my conspiracy theory. Let's make a massive conspiracy theory. I don't, I'm not saying this is happening, but if you wanted to take down the West, you know, but first, before Nate's conspiracy theory, <laughs> you guys need to sign up. Hopefully, Discord behaves. Go to joingml.com. Joingml.com to get in on the live group, be a part of, uh, get, get access to the Discord server. You could be a real libertarian if you want to be. We have that option for you. Uh, so go to joingml.com, sign up there, and hang out with us. Um, do that before you hear Nate's conspiracy theory. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The main thing is it's corporate greed. That's all it is. That's what we're suffering from. Mm. Or if you wanted to take down the West, what you would do is you would get them to destroy their own economies and be there as the only remaining economy afterwards. If you wanted to do that, you could just something like some kind of massive world event that would shut down production in like most places around the world and get those governments to go further and further into debt 
and destroy jobs, stuff like that. Screw up the, the, the supply chains. Maybe take out a president that wasn't very friendly to you and was holding back some of your goals and aspirations in the process. Increase your gold supplies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, well, the okay. While, they're, while that economy is teetering, trying to recover, oh, I know what the most, one of the most important things is, energy. That's one of the most important things. So how do we get them to just completely destroy their own energy usage and their own supplies? In fact, they're going to destroy their own supplies and they're going to put a bunch of money in to something that isn't even going to see a return for decades, more than likely, if ever, since the money's going to be coming from the government and they'll probably pay eight times as much as what they need to be paying for everything. So I don't know if that money's ever going to see a recoup, recoup on the investment. So you get them to destroy their own supply, you see, and then you uh, make all the prices higher for everyone else. It raises the prices of everything, raises inflation. They end up having to do more stimulus because everyone's in such a terrible, terrible disaster of a situation from all this caused by Putin, of course, you know, and then, well, we got the only thing going to save us from this is technology. Technology, innovation can bring us out of this terrible disaster that we're in. And so then you go after the semiconductors. You know, you go after all the chips, all the manufacturers there, and you take them out and you destroy the technology sector also afterwards. Take control of that where everyone's getting all their chips and all that. That's a pretty good plan. Mm-hmm. I don't know what step four All the is. while you're dividing people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why do you think our TikTok does so well? Because <laughs> it's divisive. Yeah. <laughs> you do the math. Okay. That's anyway. A- that's a hell of a conspiracy theory, man. That that mm. is. Yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty good theory. And Magoo said all of this because Joe Rogan said the N-word. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get. Well, hey. Well, y'all put that in your pipe and chew on it for a little bit. Smoke it even, maybe. Let us know what you think. Send uh send me an email, Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Let me know what's going on in your heads after that. Your mind's probably blown. Mm-hmm. You took that straight out of the Geneva Convention, I think. <laughs> Look it up. Don't believe Nate's words. Look it up. Send him an email. Uh, share the show with a friend so they also know what's happening. As the world's coming to an end here, it was nice knowing each and every one of you, mm-hmm. as well as I've known you. Those of you who uh, came to Nate Fest last year, thank you for that because although Nate Fest is scheduled for this year, sometime. I don't think we'll be here for it. We don't know if we'll be here. And if we are, we don't know if we'll have the proper energy to get folks here. Mm-hmm. So do with this information what you will. Um, <laughs> hope everyone's having a great day. And I, yeah, I just hope this day makes, I hope, I hope all of this makes your day better. Yeah. Start walking now, Jeff. That's how you get to Nate Fest. Exactly. Just start right now. Fight Share the show with here. a friend, a colleague, an enemy. Share it with some Russians and some Ukrainians. Share it with the Venezuelans even maybe they need to hear the message leave us a rating and review on apple podcast and spotify and if you do all of those things then we'll be back again tomorrow for some good news tomorrow's an encouraging day we will find the white pill buried beneath the mountain of black pills you guys think you have a tough job i have to find about an hour's worth of good things to talk about tomorrow Mm. yeah don't you try doing that have some real freaking problems (laughs) I always think about like nurses or school teachers or like people who've got like ridiculously hard jobs. Yeah. Could you imagine teaching like a 
uh, I don't know, a class of kindergartners right now. No, I would quit. I quit the first day. I, within the first hour, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be done. Because I, if not, I'd probably like physically kick a kid through a window. <laughs> you would punt a child. I would punt a child. Not probably. your own child. Not someone else's own. kid. It might, might be my own. Depends. Keep your kids away from Charlie. <laughs> so, all right, y'all do all those things. We'll be back again tomorrow for some good news. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.